Welcome to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Camp Radio, discussing trends and issues that will encourage ministries and churches in their efforts to impact people for Christ. To learn more about TN Baptist Camps, visit us at tnbaptistcamps.org. Now, today's Camp Radio. I'd like to thank you for joining us today. I'm Kevin Peerich, and I will be your host. Today, we will be uh, discussing the challenges in youth ministry, especially a bivocational minister of youth. Uh, We have with us today Keith Jones. He is the minister of youth at City View Baptist Church in Knoxville, Tennessee. Also, he is a full-time teacher at Jefferson County High School. Keith, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for letting me be here. Appreciate it. No problem, no problem. We are very glad that you're here to be able to uh, share with us some of your knowledge and and uh, just uh, some of the struggles that you may have. So, hey, Keith, I've known you for a while, but tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, um, uh, like you said, I've been uh, I'm at Jefferson County High School. I've been teaching for 19 years. I'm in my 19th year teaching, and I'm also in my 12th year of uh, being the student pastor at City View Baptist Church. So, uh, I've been I'm in my 12th year of bivocational ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so those. Those two jobs are are highly demanding, but I get to spend a lot of time with some quality teenagers. Um, you know, I've been blessed with a wonderful wife and two great kids. Um, my wife Jan teaches in Parrotsville, and then uh, I've got two boys, twelve and seven, Michael and Aaron, uh, who keep us uh, fairly busy. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and uh, I'm sure your wife. Uh, it's a real benefit for her to encourage you, especially since you're trying you're basically working two full-time jobs i am i am uh, i uh i put in a lot of hours and she puts up with a lot yeah well, well tell me a little bit about what it's like to be bivocational youth minister well let's let's be honest first it's tiring yeah <laughs> there is a lot of hours involved um but i think one of the biggest advantages to bivocational ministry is you get to be on the front lines um i remember talking to my buddy jared morgan uh, who he used to be the youth pastor over at um, Wallace Memorial. And uh, he said that he envied my position because after a, after a Wednesday night service or after a Sunday night service, the next day he went back to church to his office, whereas I got to go into the world, into the front lines where these kids are. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the biggest uh, that's the biggest benefit of bivocational is because these kids get to see you live this life day in, day out. It's not just what you talk about on Wednesdays. It's not just what you talk about on Sundays. They get to see you put it in, in, into action. And I think that um, presenting practical, uh, a practical Christian life, a practical way to not only live this life, but have them see you trip every now and then. Uh, to have that transparency uh, really, really uh, speaks to the kids, and it really shows them, hey, um, A, I can do this, and B, I'm, I, I, if he's going to mess up, then I'm going to mess up, and if he's going to be okay, then I'm going to be okay. Right, right. Well, and you're a teacher, so you're right there with the kids every day. Every day. Yeah. Well, now, it, it, this has to have challenges that come with it, mm-hmm. and, and I know you have lots of challenges Share with us what those challenges are. I think it's important for us to hear this because there are many bivocational youth ministers out there. They're facing the same thing you are. They, are, they may be teachers. They may be uh, have some other job, nurses. Who knows what other jobs that they, they uh, pour their life into, and they have similar challenges. Uh, tell me what they are. 
Well, the first and the first and the biggest challenge that's always going to be a problem for bivocational ministers is time. Time is going to be a problem. My schedule is crazy. Um, so I get up, you know, between six fifteen and six thirty on a school day, depending on how many times I hit the snooze button. And then I get up and we get ready and we take the kids to school. I go to school and from about seven thirty till three thirty, I'm a teacher. I come, uh, we get out of school, I pick the boys up, my wife comes home from 3.30 to 8.30 at night, I'm a husband and I'm a father. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my, my kids and my wife, she goes to bed early, um, they all head upstairs and start the nighttime routine around 8.30, and I head to my office in my house, and I, from 8.30 till sometimes midnight or 1, yeah. I'm doing youth ministry stuff. Hmm. Uh, so people ask me, how do you do it all? I said, I don't sleep much, yeah. <laughs> but, um, not everybody can do that. Uh, so time is vital for this right. because if you cannot manage time, then you're going to cheat a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You're going to cheat a lot of people out. And the first thing that a bivocational pastor needs to understand is his most important ministry is home. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he cannot be the husband and the father that he's called to be, then his other ministries are done. Right. So it's important that we um, that we prioritize our ministries. Uh, our most important ministries are is our call to be ministers at home. Uh, so my wife has been unbelievable uh, in what she in what she helps me with, encourages me with. Uh, she's very understanding. Uh, and then in terms, I try to make sure that I am not busy working when my boys are up and awake and playing. Right. Uh, because I still want to play with them. Uh, I'm you know. I'm still a five-year-old at heart anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love to pull out the Transformers and play with them and yeah. pull out the board games and we wrestle and everything else. But um, but time is the biggest thing. You've got to learn to manage your time or it will manage you. Yeah, and and, and maybe this would be great if you had your wife here too. She has to be called to, to be a pastor's wife, right? She does. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, I do a blog, so if I don't, if you don't mind a shameless plug, RevBroCoach.com. Yeah. <laughs> um, and a couple of years ago, I did this series for bivocational pastors, about a five-week series. I, I usually try to post once a week on surviving bivocational ministry. And I think one of the most important posts in that whole series is I had her write one, uh, How to Survive Being a Wife of a Bivocational Pastor. Yeah, wow. And so she did a phenomenal job with that article. Uh, got a lot of traction. So, uh, But, yeah, she's... She's she's special. Um, she she understands. Uh, she knows time. She knows that you know. And this happened not too long ago. Phone rings at midnight, mm. and you know one of my kids lost their their aunt. The other and his cousin who used to be in the youth ministry has lost his mom. And so I get two phone calls at midnight, right. and you know it's time to go. And she understands that. I've been we've been in the middle you know, dead asleep and that phone rings and we're taking dad to the hospital. One of my kids taking dad to the hospital. So I, here I go. And, right. and she's very understanding of that right. uh, and very supportive of that. Right. Awesome. Well, share with us a little bit about what your passion is. What's your passion in your ministry? Um, I think first and foremost, I, I have to play to my strengths, which is building relationships. That's whether it's at school or or in my ministry. Um, I, I'm a fair teacher. Uh, I teach with a lot of great people at Jefferson County High School, people who are just phenomenal educators. And I get to be around a lot of great people in the youth ministry world that are just, I mean, just teach circles around me. But 
where I excel and have always excelled either in the, in the classroom or in ministry is building relationships. I build relationships quickly. Uh, and so I decided I was going to focus on my strengths instead of trying to improve my weaknesses and be mediocre at everything. Mm. Uh, so uh, I build relationships quickly. Where I'm at at City View, uh, we are in North Knoxville. We're in the Fulton area. It is a socioeconomically disadvantaged area, so we do with a lot of inner city kids um, who, you know, have have quite fun home lives, we'll say. Mm-hmm. And um, the ability to build relationships with them quickly has been instrumental. Um, and so that's that's sort of been my passion because not all these kids have dads, not all these kids have moms, um, not all these kids have meaningful adults in their lives. Yeah. So my passion is to build relationships. I've always said that we've got sort of a transient youth ministry. We've got we've got wanderers who will come in, uh, and they'll stay for a season when, especially when life's bad, mm-hmm. uh, and then when life gets good, they'll leave again. And you know, you just you keep pouring Christ into them, and then you and hopefully you're planting seeds, and eventually they'll get it. Uh, we've had several. We've had you know we've had a whole lot of people who have come through that, that ministry, and they have spent time with us and then left, and then I hear down the road that they're they're now flourishing in a, in another youth ministry or in another church they finally got it yeah. and you know that's what it's about you know I'm not I'm not in a competition for numbers if we help plant a seed that helps them go on to to improve another ministry or improve uh, or especially to to gain salvation in their life and to get put their life on track that's what it's about right well now you've kind of explained about the uh, your passion and this uniqueness that the church is placed in this uh, area within in Knoxville. So, what do you see that your successes has has been? What 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 have you been doing that has been sec- successful in impacting these youth in your area? Reaching kids without parents. Hmm. Uh, there was at one point in time we had a ministry of thirty kids, and we only had four parents. Wow. Um, in the church. Uh, so we get a lot of kids uh, that wind up being the only Christians in the home. Mm-hmm. That's hard because their parents haven't accepted Christ, so their parents haven't accepted a life to follow Christ, and their child has. Right. And so they go home to this, and it's difficult to minister to those kids because it's like, um, in, in essence, it's saving the alcoholic and sending him home to the bar. Mm-hmm. Successes is that um, we've we've been able to reach a lot of kids who who have to go back into that world and live that world twenty four seven, which again by vocational helps out because they see me live in that world twenty four seven. They don't see me in a church office every day of the week. Right. Um, so that's a benefit for me. Uh, but you know the successes of reaching kids without parents, um, and you know in turn trying to reach those parents. We've reached a few parents as well. Awesome. Uh, but um, but yeah. We, we've got a lot of kids who, who don't have meaningful adults in their lives. Right. Well, I know you have a lot of connections with uh, youth ministers across the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been involved in Conclave mm-hmm. uh, for a few years, as well as impact camps that we've had. So you've had a lot of interaction with youth ministers. Sure. So in, in your discussions with them and things that you study and even in your own ministry, what, do you see trends? What, what's youth ministry trending right now? Youth ministry is going to have to figure out a marriage between this technological generation and relationships. Mm. 
my biggest concern and the biggest concern that, that God's laid on my heart right now is dealing with that marriage. Hmm. Uh, Gen Z doesn't know what to do without a phone in their hands. Uh, they don't know what to do without their social media. And if we come in as youth ministers and start attacking that, we're done. Hmm. Uh, they'll shut us down. Um, so we have got to figure out how to turn that phone into what it was meant to be or turn that technology into what it was meant to be instead of what society has convinced them it is. Society has convinced these kids that it's a, that it's a lung, it's a heart, it's an organ, that's a vital organ for survival. And we need to come alongside them and show them it's a tool and a toolbox mm-hmm. and that there's a time and a place for it and there's plenty of great uses for it and, you know, all of us are using it. Uh, we, you know, cause that's where they are. We, we have to use social media. We have to use video. We have to use stuff like this because that's what the kids are doing. Right. And so that's how they're going to hear us. So to sit there and shut down technology, it would be a huge mistake cause they'll, they'll shut us, they'll shut us down. Right. Right. But we have got to marry that mentality with the idea of personal relationships. We have got to get them away from a an online virtual group of friends mm-hmm. to being able to connect one-on-one with, an, with a human being again and be able to understand and, and, and interact with a human being. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been on a trip and watched two people have a conversation who are sitting side by side, but they're texting each other. Right. <laughs> and it's not always things that, you know, they're trying to hide from you. They'll both show me and it's just a normal conversation. Yeah. I'm like, can't you look at each other and talk? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. But um, that's that's the one that, the one thing that's been really hitting on me. And, you know, I, I've, I, this culture constantly, especially our, our young girls, just wears them out. And I have to remind them all the time, stop trying to compare your everyday life to somebody's highlight reel on social media. Right. Reminding them that that, that girl that they're envious of probably took that picture 1,400 times to yeah. get it right yeah. and used three filters. Right. And that's what they're doing. They're they're trying to compare their rough and rugged life, everyday life, mm-hmm. with somebody's highlight reel on social media. Yeah. And they don't see that person's rough and rugged life, everyday life. Right. <clears throat> so this marriage between technology and relationships, we I think that's what we have to figure out for these teens. Otherwise, they are going to go down a very dark path. So, so are you... In all that you said, do you think this is the biggest need that the youth have in their life that we, or you find, and all youth ministers find, difficult to meet? I think the biggest need that we're finding difficult to meet is meaningful adult relationships. Hmm. You know, the latest studies for Gen Z, Barna, if you read Barna and and that stuff that they've done on Gen Z, they've really hit home on something that a a youth needs to have five meaningful adults in their lives. Hmm. And, you know, two of those or three of those you typically think are mom, dad, and youth pastor. Yeah. Well, that leaves two other ones. Well, now let's take a look at the culture. Well, mom and dad may not be there, especially with my kids. Mom and dad may not be there. It may be a grandmother or a grandparent. Or now, what I've learned now are great-grandparents right. who are taking care of kids now. Yeah. These, the, the three givens, the mom, dad, and youth pastor, are no longer givens anymore. You know, they, if they're lucky to have mom, they're lucky to have dad, whether they're together or not. Mm-hmm. And if they're together, that's great. If they're not, that's a whole different ball game, because now mom and dad have to work together to be meaningful in their lives without being, you know, detrimental to each other. Right. So mom, dad, youth pastor, 
and now you've got to find two other adults. And sometimes for kids, you're finding all five adults. Hmm. Uh, sometimes, or the, the other four, because you, you look up and you realize you're it. Right. And so I think that's the biggest need that we're finding difficult difficulty to meet because right. we can no longer assume anything. Right. We can't assume mom at home. We can't assume dad at home. We can't assume any meaningful adult relationships. And so what are they turning to? They're, they're accepting friend requests from every adult person out there, who, and who knows. Uh, I'm a real big fan and really involved with the end movement with mm-hmm. human trafficked and human trafficking. And the Polaris Project, which is one of those organizations that goes in, talks about mm-hmm. the, the use of social media and how they're using the Internet to target kids now. Right. So I think that um, I think meaningful adults is the biggest need that we need to meet. Yeah. Well, with all the kids, all that they do in their life Mm -hmm. and how busy they are, do you find it real challenging to really uh, be able to plan any kind of events with them or or special Bible studies or anything like that? Absolutely. Um, We are competing against a whole lot of things. And it's funny how, how much it's changed even from when I grew up. You know, I don't like to think of myself as that old, but when yeah. I was going to church, a lot of stuff was closed on Sundays. Right. We didn't play. We didn't play sports on Sundays. We didn't. We weren't in tournaments on Sundays. We weren't. You know, a lot of the places weren't open on Sundays. So we went to church, and that's that's not the case anymore. So uh, we were competing with a lot of stuff, and it's a matter of reaching parents. Hmm and reaching those meaningful adults in their lives to prioritize spiritual over other things. Right. You know, I spent a large portion of my life in the, in the game of baseball. Uh, grew up playing it, played high school ball, played college ball, coached high school baseball uh, for 10 years at Jeff County. Um, and the sports industry has lost its mind. Yeah, They are trying to get as much money out of these kids as possible when only a fraction of them actually have a chance to go on. Right. I read a stat one time that it's you're, you're, you've got a better chance of being struck by lightning twice than to play in the major leagues. Wow. And these kids all think, have all been told they're major leaguers. Yeah. And so they're going to every tournament, they're playing in everything imaginable, in every sport imaginable. Uh, and that's, if they're on Sundays, they're on, I mean, it's, it's on Wednesdays, it's on Sundays. You know, and, and we've lost this idea that their spiritual health is, and I'm, and I'm not talking about lost kids or lost parents. I'm talking about the churched kids and the churched parents mm-hmm. who are not coming to church on Sundays or who are not putting, who are not investing in their kids' spiritual growth. Uh, instead, they're investing in the soccer tournament down the street yeah. or this prestigious soccer, football or basketball or baseball event that's going on. Because, you know, my kid's a future college and pro, pro player. So, yeah, that's, we're, we're competing with a lot to do events. But um, I think the biggest thing that we have to, that we have to do is we have to, we have to show them that this is worth their time. Right. Um, it can't be, you know, we can't sit there and say pizza and games anymore. Mm-hmm. This has to be something that, they're, that, they, that they feel like that they need to invest in. Um, and once they've made that investment, once it becomes, and, and, we, and we, need to, we need to do that with their parents and the students as well. I, it's funny because I'll sit the kids down and I'll have a parent meeting and then I'll, and I'll talk to just the parents. And I'll look at the parents and say, parents, if it's important to you, it'll be important to them. They are listening to you. Right. And then later I'll have a meeting with all the students. I'll say, 
guys, if it's important to you, it's important to them. <laughs> They're listening to you. Yeah. And just trying to sell this idea that if if their spiritual well-being, if being a part of a, of, of a of accountability group and a Bible study and everything else like that is important to them, it'll be important to the other as well. Right, right. Well, when you're talking about events, have you found that in, in youth ministry, if you take those youth away overnight in some capacity, does it really impact their youth, impact oh, their lives? Oh, absolutely. Gosh, especially where I'm at. For a lot of the students who have come through my student ministry, whether it's mission trips, camps, whether it's Hearts on Fire uh, in Pigeon Forge, no matter where I've taken them, a lot of times it's the only time they've been away from home. Mm. So they just don't have the means to go on vacations or whatever. I remember we uh, we spent a three-year stretch where we went up to Iowa for a mission trip, and we spent a week in Iowa, and we went through seven states mm. and uh, just to get there. And one of my students said, "Well, I've been to six more states than I've been, or seven more states than I've been to in my life. Wow, never been outside the state of Tennessee. Yeah, we so our mission trips become you know sightseeing trips as well for them because they they've never been out there. But I think getting away impacts the group because number one, it does take you out of your comfort zone, mm-hmm. especially kids who haven't traveled before. Right, we miss I think this point sometimes as Christians." That and I, and I love this quote. I saw it. Uh, I heard it a long time ago. And I really love it. Faith isn't faith until it's all you're holding on to. Which I think leads us back to when we are at our most uncomfortable. That's when we hold on and rely on God the most. And to a small degree, that's what these kids are doing who have never been away. Right. They're they're finally relying on what God has given them because they've never experienced this before. When they go to camps, uh, they get to experience and see other youth groups mm-hmm. and how they interact with the Lord and how you can have a youth service and they can be apprehensive. Well, I don't want to. I, I I don't want to worship in front of these people. These are the people I see every day at school. Um, it's, it's embarrassing. Whatever. But you get them to an event like a Hearts on Fire or to a worship service at camp or an impact camp or yeah. something like that, and you see them raising their hands, they're worshiping because they finally look around, they see, okay, this is this isn't just me. This is this is this is worship. Right. And so I think that um, being able to get away from and it really is an escape. You know, I keep saying, especially for my kids, but where I'm at, those are the these are the inner city kids that that I deal with every day. It really is an escape. I mean, when when gunshots are the norm in your life, mm-hmm. it's nice to get away to a retreat or a camp or uh, to a to an event that's that's away, and you're with that group. Right. So yeah, I think it's I think it's very very impactful. Great. Well, Keith, thank you for uh, taking the time to share with us just really the great work that you're doing in reaching youth with the gospel in East Tennessee. I'd like to thank our listening audience today, too, for listening to our podcast. Uh, We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions for Keith or you would like to know more about TM Baptist Camps, please send us an email at ccinfo at tmbaptist.org. Until next time, I hope that you will look for opportunities to start a conversation about Christ with somebody you know. Thanks for listening to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded from tnbaptistcamps.org.
The ministries of Carson Springs and Linden Valley are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptistcamps.org.